Hi, everybody. Welcome to Radio 815. I am Matt Crandall here with my co-host, Marcelo Inostroza, the podcast dedicated to J.J. Abrams and the extended Bad Robot universe. Today, we are taking a look at the Alias Season 4 finale, Episode 22, Before the Flood, written by Josh Applebaum and Andre Nemec, directed by Lawrence Trilling, the thrilling conclusion to the entire season um, has been building towards this, you know, exciting showdown where the Rambaldi prophecy has Sid and Nadia pitted against each other. Sydney is back with her entire family as they shoot into Savogada to stop her evil aunt, Elena Derevko, her supervillain James Bond style plan to basically zombify most of the world through the water supply. And last time they were all jumping in as the big red ball hovered over the city. This episode, they had to defuse a bomb, stop everything from going sideways. And there was a lot of action in it. And then the whole episode ends with one of Alias's biggest and cheapest cliffhangers, in my opinion. Uh, Marcella, what did you think of the season four finale of Alias? I loved the season four finale. I don't know if it's the fact that for the past week I've been watching uh, The Last of Us playthrough videos, mm-hmm. but I love the feel of zombie apocalypse in this episode. Yeah. My favorite uh, sort of visual cue about this episode is a large part of the episode is is covered in red. It is. So I just love that about this episode. The other thing that I really thought was a nice visual cue is when the episode opens, you see the plane that they're in and you see the plane hovering above the clouds. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that you see in the distance, you see the, the, the big Rambaldi ball looming big over everything. Um, the one negative, though, the one negative thing uh, that happened early on in this episode is that Richard died. I was like, mm-hmm. "Really? You killed Richard?" And the reason why I'm calling it the reason why I'm calling him Richard is because I can't remember his name on Alias, but uh, yeah, that yes, was his name Richard on died. Felicity. And uh, Rob Benedict, when he he mentions Sydney, says, "Oh, how's the ear?" And he's like, "It's fine, but you know, let me know if you're going to put any more holes in me." And then he gets impaled. By a zombie, which was nice comedic uh, timing on the writer's part. Ironic. Also, um, this episode gave me something that I've been wanting someone to do for like ever. And I can't recall if somebody before now has done it. But somebody punched the heck out of Sloan in this episode. Which and is I an awesome like, moment. Yes. Because that guy has been the has been my least favorite most frustrating character in this entire series. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for something like that. But I did feel remorse for him when he had to shoot um, Nadia. I was like, damn, that's, that, that's some Shakespeare shit going on there, man. Mm-hmm. So I did like that moment. The other thing, the other thing that I did like is that when the, you know, uh, when the episode wrapped up, you saw that moment between Arena and Jack, and you saw that despite all the crap that they've been through, that they, you know, that they truly love each other and that they have 
gone their separate ways and they have found some level of peace. So I appreciated that considering where they started out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was pretty nice. The cliffhanger with Vaughn and the car. I would, you know, I knew something was happening. I knew something was going to happen because of a conversation that you and I had privately after right. the show. Yeah. But I was like, the, the second I saw that, I was like, there's no way he lives. He's got he's to he's be like pancake better at this point. <laughs> so, you know, um, based on that conversation that we had last week privately, I do know some stuff. But I thought that cliffhanger was, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. But I, th- I thought that was, it, was, it was fine. But mm-hmm. all in all, this is the most enjoyable Alias finale that I've seen in quite some time. As a matter of fact, I would tie this one, at, you know, as far as my enjoyment level is concerned, it is this uh, the season two finale and this one. Yeah. And, and, and this one. I, I, for some reason, this finale just hit me in a certain way. Yeah. And for me, I really, this is one of my favorite Certainly, my one of my favorite episodes of this season, um, and it does what Alias does best. And like you said, when they go in and everything's covered in red, it felt like it was very John Carpenter esque, like uh, Escape from New York um, meets like the fog kind of atmosphere. And I really dug that as they're going and running into these, you know, zombie people and stuff, and the action is exciting. The family drama gets worked out really well. And yeah, Jack punches Sloan in the face before Sloan can start to like weasel his way out of stuff. Uh, where, where Sloan gets bodied, which was awesome. Um, and then, uh, to have that moment with Sloan where he does save Sydney by shooting Nadia really showed that maybe he has changed or he still has enough good in him and care for Sydney that he's even willing to shoot his own daughter um, to, to do sort of the right thing, which is something that, you know, season one Sloan, we wouldn't ever think he was capable of. So I liked that. And, you know, we know that Jack is not going to turn arena over, but they do have that nice conversation where we're sort of explicitly told, you know, how that's going to go down. So I, I liked that part of it. Um, and when this aired back in 2005 and I was watching it live, that ending had me sitting on the couch screaming like, Oh my God, no, what was he going to say? What was going to happen here when the car crash, which of course now 15 years later, car crash finales are like a cheap TV staple. (laughs) So, like, I can't even count on, like, one hand how many shows end with an out-of-the-blue nowhere car crash or, like, start with an out-of-the-blue car crash. So it's really become, like, a trope. And watching this in such quick succession with the season three finale where, you know, the last scene is Sydney reads some sort of shocking thing that... She can't believe her dad did something insane. And in this, with Vaughn saying, my name isn't Michael Vaughn and we didn't meet by accident, knowing again that like it's a cheap cliffhanger that doesn't pay off in the story way coming up that you would 
hope. Like it doesn't actually feel like a main part of the plan. It feels like writers sitting in a room saying, we got a great episode, but we need to bait the hook for next year. How can we do it? And them just being like, uh, he says his name's not Michael Vaughn and then car crash. And they're like, okay, yeah, fine. That's the easiest thing to do to get people, you know, still watching our show. So like I said, at the time I thought like, wow, incredible ending. But now all these years later that it's become this tired TV go-to staple. And the fact that alias time and time again, does a big, you know, something crazy is going to happen finale. And then the payoff the next season is not justify the, the hype or the jaw dropping screaming of that finale. That's my, my main you know, issue with it. And that's something that a lot of TV shows struggle with, but other ones, you know, set something up like this and then they have a great payoff in the season premiere. Uh, and alias just typically set more to the table than they were willing to serve when it came back. So that was my only thing, but the action, the spy stuff, the Rambaldi stuff, everything sort of came full circle in this episode in such a satisfying, entertaining way that the first 40 minutes of this episode, I give a solid A, and it's only that last minute that takes away some of that enjoyment for me. In hindsight, um, when he revealed that his name really wasn't Michael Vaughn before he got pancaked, and I'm still willing to believe that he's pancaked and dead, but I know that he's not. <laughs> um, I... I thought that was a little bit of a reach and mm. I thought that that was the moment when I said, just get out of here. You guys jumped the shark officially now. Right. You know, um, I had, I had thought that they had done that a little bit earlier, but I completely ratify that statement. They have jumped the shark. Uh, they have jumped the shark now. And, that plot point to me felt really, really desperate. Mm -hmm. And it felt like to me, like you said, Matt, that they were just throwing shit at the wall in the writer's room to see what would stick. Also, do you want to comment a little bit about behind the scenes as to what was happening to that, that may have brought them to doing that? So like the, you know, r rumor mill at the time was churning that, uh, Vartan and Garner had had a relationship and they had broken up and things had gone south and then they really didn't get along anymore and were having difficulty working with each other. So the, if, if you know that, that kind of colors a little bit of this situation and certainly the premiere um, and everything that happens in season five, you start to say, okay, was this always the planned storyline or was this as a result of the two leads of the show not wanting to have scenes together? Do you think that that cliffhanger was a part of the initial plan? Or do you think that that cliffhanger idea and that my name is not really Michael Vaughn and I was meant to be the one that met you in the real CIA in the pilot? Or do you think that that whole thing was a reaction to uh, Jennifer Gardner's and Michael Vartan's bad decisions? It's tough to tell, to be honest with you, because it is a very alias thing to do to say, you know, there's been multiple scenes where like 
him and Sid have said no more secrets, no more secrets, and they've come clean. But partway through this season, you know, Vaughn has done some shady stuff. And Irina even says to him, like, you got to come clean about it all if this is ever going to work between you and Sydney. So they definitely were laying the groundwork earlier that maybe this was going to be their plan for this season. But I think the way that this all resolves itself next year was probably the reactionary stuff. It's interesting that you mentioned that scene between Vaughn and Arena. I didn't initially understand the weight of that little conversation between Vaughn and Arena until the car crash. I was like, oh, Mm. yeah, so... This is why he's saying this car crash and oh my God, you know, <laughs> right. You know, you know, oh my God for what he was saying. And oh my God for the fact that he just got smacked by a car, by a truck or a car or whatever the hell it was that hit them. The other small little moment of joy, if I could backtrack, the other small moment of joy that I had uh, with this episode is that I've been very critical. Well, I haven't been critical. That's, that's not the right word. I've been very well. Critical is the right word. I've been very critical of the way that Alias displays other people shooting other people, mm-hmm. right? Now, just hang with me for a second. A TV show that has a has a PG-14 rating, generally you see, you know, uh, midsection shots, right? Yeah. And uh, a TV show that has a, a MA rating, typically you see headshots, right? Yeah. And my big complaint is... When Alias generally kills their bad guys, they shoot for the midsection, right? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you really want to kill someone, I've said it before on this podcast, you go for the head. So so in this episode, when Irina kills her evil sister, uh, the moment that she went for the head, I was like, that's genius. If only Thor would have listened. (laughs) <laughs> sorry guys that's a little marble reference that has nothing to do with anything yeah but um i really enjoyed that 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 shot of her just saying okay you're telling us a lie and you deserve to die and, and i i love when characters do that and just mm-hmm. and just you know because she deserved it because you know she's she was a villain she was a bomb villain so yeah big time going into the end game of the show now do you um have any you know uh, hints as to what we're going to see in these final 15 episodes or, or 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 what is it that you're looking forward to in these final 15 episodes i'm looking forward to some of the some of the stuff i'm looking forward to is the resolution of certain characters arcs um some of them wrap up better than others we get a lot of familiar faces popping up for you know one episode each just to sort of send the show off into the sunset um, the things I'm not necessarily super looking forward to is that while they knew that this was going to be the final season partway into the season, um, they do also set up if they wanted to spin off like another spy show with like the new recruits, um, who are kind of a mixed bag for me. So like they bring in a couple of new faces, um, one of them is Amy Acker, who's one of my all-time favorites. So, like, I don't mind that they bring her onto the show. But uh, Balthazar Getty and Rachel Nichols and some of these people come in to basically be, like, alias the new generation. And I don't love 
that they did that when it ends up being the final season and, you know, a spinoff with any other characters never happened. Um, so knowing that it's the final season, looking back, I wish that we didn't have to add so many new characters, but part of the reason was that Garner went off and had a baby partway through the season. So, you know, the first part of the season when they were working with her and she was pregnant, justifiably, they wanted to give Sydney a little less heavy lifting, um, because of the off screen circumstances. And then, you know, she came back for the, I think they filmed the final four after she had the baby. Um, but knowing that because of real life stuff, this season coming up was never the exact season that they had envisioned is one of those things that's like, uh, I wish they could have just postponed like the entire, the entire year and just somehow waited, waited it out. Amy Acker. Oh my God. Now I'm excited. So yeah, I love, you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of like trying to inject new blood into a show for the sake of like maybe doing a spinoff. But if you tell me that Amy Acker is one of the, the chosen ones, then I'm all in. Come on, Fred. Come on, yeah. Root. One of my favorite characters ever certainly is uh, Amy Acker on Angel. So come on, Root from 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 Person of Interest. Oh my God, <laughs> um, I I completely agree with you. Like like if 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 I was working at Elias at the time and Jennifer Garner came to me and said, "Listen, I have a problem. I'm about to have a child." Uh, I would have pleaded and begged the network for a year off. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would have doubt that they would have given it to me, but they might have done it because Lost was such a big hit at the time that do you think do you think that do you think that if the, the showrunner in charge of Elias at the time would have asked for a hiatus because of Jennifer Gardner's pregnancy, do you think that he would have gotten it or do you think that the network would just have said no? You know what? It's tough to tell because the TV landscape was so different back then that if a show didn't come back when you thought it was going to come back, then basically like the show was dead. Like nobody could ever figure out when it was on and when to watch it again. Whereas now like shows do disappear for like a much longer time. Like even like a regular show, like better call Saul on AMC in between season uh, four and five, like it was gone for over 18 months because production got held up. And, and so now it's like a normal thing where, Oh, guess what guys, we weren't ready to shoot when we thought we were. So instead of always having the show premiere in October, this one season, it's going to premiere in February. And that's just like the way it is, especially now with streaming and on demand, it's not a big deal. So I think if that were to happen to a show now, they would a hundred percent say we will push the schedule six months you guys can take that time to do whatever and we'll just come back when, when everything is good to go. Um, but in 2005, I feel like, you know, ABC would have said, no, we, we need the show, whether you guys are ready for it or not. So just give us the episodes we ordered you bastards. <laughs> I think that's kind of probably what happened. Now, I don't know. Uh, was, uh, was Jeff Pinker in charge of the show at this point, Matt? I feel like, um, he was definitely one of the guys. I'm not sure. I know Applebaum and Nemec were were still some of the main people involved, but um, I think I think Pinkner was the showrunner. At this point, I would imagine I, I would I would imagine that some of the writers and some of the actors 
must have like half half of their foot out of the door at this point, right? They they must they must have seen the writing on the wall somewhere. Yeah, especially when they they kind of knew before it was official that this was going to be the last season, and then it was made official that it was the last season. Um, so I'm pretty sure that yeah, a lot of people were already scrambling for new gigs and just kind of looking to to get it over, right? So if you want to get in touch with me, the best way is on Twitter. I am at Matt Crandall. Or if you have any questions or comments about the show, just tweet us. Hashtag Radio 815. Marcella, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, if you guys want to reach me and chat with me about um, JJ Alias or anything else, you can also reach me on Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. All right, so that is the conclusion of Alias Season 4. We are in the home stretch. Next week we'll be talking about the Season 5 premiere, and then the shortened Season 5 will continue in the coming weeks. So thanks a lot for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you all have a healthy and safe week, and until then, we will talk back soon.